Merry Christmas in today's episode of the Motor Ho Ho Home <laughs> Matt podcast. We're looking back at 2023, the highs and the lows. Calor gas, very Christmassy, are in the news once again. And we answer your questions on batteries, driving licenses, gas systems, and the difficulty of taking dogs abroad. Welcome to the Motorhome Matt podcast and Merry Christmas. I'm Keith Gooden. And I'm a Motorhome Matt. We bring you industry insights, expert advice for the world of motorhomes, campervans and caravans. And it's brought to you by thatleisureshop.com. Now remember, if you've not done it already, make sure you click follow on your favourite podcast app and please do subscribe on our YouTube channel sponsored by arabasecreative.co.uk Ho, 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 Matt, it's <laughs> Boxing Day and we've had a bit of a day on Christmas Day. Have you had a good day? Father Christmas has been. Somebody oh, got you dressed. Open me, <laughs> what is this open shirt? Me, open me presents. This is my Christmas shirt. <laughs> I'm making a style statement. I think it looks like you've been decorating. A yeah. style statement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> statement, there's yeah. a word. A style statement. <laughs> I was thinking words with less syllables, I'll be honest. <laughs> Don't you like my Christmas jumper? I love it. I absolutely love it. I can, I'll see, tell you what. I can see you there in the snow. I got the Motown Matt shirt on underneath. Yeah. Yes. Keeping it keeping it on brand. Yeah. Anyway, I've got a cracker here. Do you want to pull a cracker? Merry Christmas. Oh, oh what have you got? Here's oh, my fell one. on the floor. Pull my one. Oh, that stinks. Oh, that's not the cracker. Yeah. Thank you very much. I tell you what, that cold turkey and, and, and the Brussels sprouts, it does... Br- oh, I've, I've got a little noisette. I, li- I like these. <coughs> a chocolate. chocolate. Oh, a lint. Yeah. What do you get if you eat Christmas decorations? Tin sliders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a charade here. We're not doing that. No, OK. No, what? brilliant. Very good. Yeah, I've got a lint as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I say, I, I got for Christmas... Cold Frankenstein and moo. You did. Yeah. <laughs> Cold. Cold. Cold Frankenstein and moo. <coughs> I moo. once again, I got lots of wine for Christmas. Did you? I got parole. We got the mulled wine here. <laughs> you got parole. Yeah, very nice <laughs> you too. Got, you got let out. I got you a present, Keith. Oh, I'll have you. Yeah. <laughs> it's in a Moto Matt orange bag. Thank you very much. Keep I, the bag. The present's I, rubbish. I, I, I got you a present as well. Um, but I just forgot it. That was the end. <laughs> it's Amazon have still got it, oh, I know. Look at, look at that. that. <clears throat> you want me to open it, don't you? The bow fell off. Oh. You're, you're open presents like my kids. It's upside down. Yeah, you have opened it upside down. I spent ages wrapping that up. <gasps> Pot <You're>, noodle! <laughs> Thank you very much. I do like a pot noodle on <laughs> our breaks. <laughs> you have to open it. I have to open it. <clears throat> You'll be eating a pot noodle later, won't you? This is all you take. It's all oh. you eat. Oh, original curry. Thank you. Not Christmas Eve. Like. Oh, you've got a battery-operated fork. <laughs> Twisty fork. <laughs> I told you, you combine that with this that you got out of the cracker. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> so you've got your own pot noodle oh, twisty fork. Thank you very much. Your own pot noodle mug. Yeah. And a pot noodle, of course. Yeah, thank you very much. Original curry flavour. That's your Boxing Day tea sorted. That's the problem with presents, isn't it? You open them and then you've got to get them back together again so you can take them back. Just eat it. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) Enjoy them. (laughs) (laughs) And then then you can never get through it, can you? 
I saw that and thought Keith would love this. Yeah, I do. I love it. Thank you very much indeed. We'll see you eating off your fork later. Cheers. I'm going to put, just put that down there. So what did you get for Christmas then, Matt? A oh, Christmas jumper, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I had some really lovely oh, wine. I mean, Thank- for people who like you. I- <laughs> <laughs> you gave me a lovely bottle of wine. That's I did. very nice. Thank yeah. you very much. I'll be enjoying Two that over the, over the next couple of days. Yep. <laughs> you put that down. <laughs> There was a bit of an alcohol theme this Christmas, really. Right. Some whiskey. I'm an easy to buy for, really, when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah, drink. Uh, lots yeah. to read, <laughs> some music to listen to. It was good. Yeah, lots of stuff. It was good. Fant- really nice. Fantastic. Excellent. So, shall we get on with it on this Christmas Come on, episode, let's do it. Then? Let's do it. Let's okay. do it. Okay, in the news, colour investment in cylinders. What's all that about? Yeah, well, this is a bit of a Christmas present to every motorhome, campervan and caravan owner in the UK. Mm-hmm. Caller have bought 487,000 new cylinders new gas cylinders across their entire range, of which, despite motorhomers and caravanners saying constantly, Cala hate us, they're not investing us at all, they have actually spent money and bought 85,950 new six kilo gas bottles, which are being released into the UK now. Just under 86,000. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And they're being released into the UK right now, and their plans to invest further. So, yeah, they are growing the cylinder network, which hopefully will mean that getting a six kilo Cala gas bottle this year coming will be much easier. Happy Christmas. Depends on the price, though, doesn't it, Matt? How much are they going to charge for them? Well, they're 30 to... 40 quid typically and we're 32.99 i think but yeah i'm sure the price of gas will go up um, what's also interesting which we'll report on in the future when we've got some more info is cala gas is obviously a fossil fuel but they're re- they're releasing a renewable gas so oh. a non-fossil fuel to go in the gas bottle oh. so yeah we're unpacking that with cala at the moment so we'll see yeah when we get back to work next week week after we're going to be talking to them and reporting back on it. It'll be powered by Brussels sprouts. <laughs> yeah, yours. Yeah. Uh, what else is in the news then, Matt? We spoke to Martin Treneman, who's the network sales professional from Cala, and he also said that they've invested over £10 million in refurbishing their site at Saxon to increase our capabilities and turnaround, which will enable us to increase our current refurbishment capability, of a lot of capabilities near, of 5,000 cylinders per week to over 10,000 cylinders in 2024, which will ultimately improve our availability and service. So what they're saying is they've added nearly 86,000 bottles into the network and they're doubling their capability to refurbish the existing bottles. So Calagas 6 kilo bottles, hopefully, in 2024, much easier to get hold of. Because they haven't been in 2023, have Well, they? no, exactly, yeah. They, I mean, they've been, people have been selling them for hundreds of pounds. Ridiculous. We were buying them and then selling them for cash. Yeah. You know, because that would mean we can get a customer into the gas system. But when people started selling for 100 quid, it's like, no, I'm not doing that. Products of the year, then. That leisure shop product of the year. Well, it's got to be... Where is it? It's What's your product oh, of the year? My product of the is this year? one you prepared earlier? Yeah, <laughs> there there it is. This is what you do. This it is, is Solbio. <laughs> Is that their new positioning statement? Yeah. Don't take the green road. If you're going to have a poo, this is what yeah, to do. That's, that's, that's the one. So mother-in-law's <laughs> in your motorhome right now. On the drive. You just don't hit on the drive. You don't know what she's doing, but whatever she's doing, it's splashing down in Solvio. <laughs> the perfect accompaniment to any Brussels sprout. Lovely. <laughs> and Matt drinks this. Only, yeah, I have done. That's true. I'm not doing it again. 
Uh, and mine probably, well, certainly has to be gas stop. So I discovered this a couple of years ago, a gas safety valve that tells you that how much gas you've got left in your bottle. You can do a slow gas leak test on your motorhome or caravan. I still maintain that every motorhome, campervan, caravan from new should be fitted with one of these at the factory. They are an essential must-have. So easy to use, 40-odd quid, and you know you're safe from a gas leak. If you haven't got one, go to that leisure shop now and go and get one. Fabulous. It's our final episode of the year. Welcome to the Motorhome Map podcast brought to you by thatleisureshop.com. Okay, a highlight of the year then, Matt. What have we got? Uh, I've got them just here. Mince pies. Oh, that's your <laughs> highlight of the year. Yeah, look at this. Mince pies. Where Sainsbury's I, where best. I mince pies your eyes. Mince, your minces. <clears throat> that's it. Never mind Solbio. Yeah. Go for a mince pie. Mm-hmm. I know you, yeah. you make start. Highlight of the year. Well, had to be. This sounds a bit kind of... You ain't... <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> can try and eat it as it goes around. That's not going to end well. You're going to mess up this podcast recorder here. Uh, highlight for me had to be meeting all the listeners at the show honestly it was frankly a bit overwhelming the contrast from a year ago at the show where people came on and went motor a pod what (laughs) to this year it was yeah 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 we listen to matt and his friend chris every week (laughs) (laughs) the three of us yeah three of us Uh, on the show no we listen to matt and keith every week watch him on the telly on a sunday morning uh, it was just amazing. And I know that was your experience as well, wasn't it, at the show? It was fantastic. It was thank thousands you. of people. So thank you if you came and said hello at the show. It really does make a difference to know that there is somebody out there other than my dad having a listen. Uh, so we really appreciate that. Uh, and the stickers and the orange bags. You've got your own orange bag now. Thank you so much. They've been a highlight as well. And, of course, our sponsors. Without them, it's not been possible this year. So I think for me, from a commercial point of view, actually building something... Uh, unintentionally i this podcast which businesses wanted to and were prepared to spend their money on uh reaching you our listener has been quite overwhelming as well so thank you again to all our sponsors and if you're listening and you want to get involved with us then you know give us a shout we would love to hear from you bailey endeavor ev that was a big highlight yeah, what, what was the Bailey Endeavour thing again? Remind me. So it was a Ford e-Transit that had been converted by Bailey. Will you took that off? <laughs> Put it down. We should not have bought that now. So yeah, the Bailey Endeavour EV was Ford e-Transit that had been converted by Bailey into a camper van. And we, went, we were the only journalist, apparently, is how I was referred to, to actually get to drive it and review it. So we did, and we were very impressed. Uh, and it was a big investment by Bailey into a prototype which, of course, was launched at the NEC show as a prototype, so you can't buy one. That was definitely a highlight. That was great fun to do, I have to say. Fantastic. What did you predict then, Matt, a year ago? And did any of it come true? (laughs) I'm not sure I predicted anything. You did. Do we? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, I think I always said that prices wouldn't come down. Uh, I remember a conversation where... Prices were being told, you know, we were being told they were going to come down and people wouldn't afford their motorhome and they'd sell it and prices would crash and burn. And I said, I disagree, I don't think they will. I'd say that's still true. They haven't come down. If anything, they've gone up and they continue to go up, frankly. Uh, And I still can't see them coming down. And we've talked about it a lot, but I think that's the number one thing. I also said that the supply chain would get easier and it definitely has. Because people were waiting a year, two years, weren't they? 
Yeah, that's right. And we are starting to see Stellantis Group um, products, so Fiat, Citroen, Peugeot, start to come through. Uh, maybe limited numbers, but they are coming through. Ford certainly coming through. And also, I said, well, I think we'll see new badges on the front grills of motorhomes. That's been true. More Ford than ever before. Uh, they've certainly jumped on the opportunity of Stellantis's weakness in the market uh, and more Ford badges than ever. In fact, manufacturers building on Ford where they've never done so before. Uh, and we're going to see that next year as well. New badges as well appearing. MAN have been become more commonplace. Adria launched their Twin Max on an MAN chassis. Wild Axe and others are building on an MAN chassis. So that's been a, a, new, a new brand that we've seen on the front grill. Flipping motorhomes, whether it's a good idea. You know, because there was such a, a huge lead in time from placing a deposit and, and ordering, what was happening mm. is when people finally started to take delivery of their motorhomes, they found they could sell them straight on, flip them uh, for more money than they had spent. Uh, you did predict it. Did it come true? Yeah, I think it has. I think it's taken longer for some of them to sell. Um, that's a nice mince pie there. Um, so the lady we interviewed, who I mean, she started to not panic, but she got a little bit worried. But she made her uh, seven or eight grand, I think, from memory. But it took a few months before she realised it. And I think she thought it was going to be, you know, days before the motorhome sold. In reality, it was months. That's still quick. I mean, years ago, as a dealer, we'd buy a motorhome in. It wouldn't be uncommon to six or eight months time still have it. And we would willingly buy something in October, knowing that we're going to still have it in March, April. And that, of course, changed in 2020. And I think the market has gone from, you know, you advertise it and an hour later it's gone to, you know, back to not quite what we were used to before. But certainly it has slowed. But prices have remained strong. They have sixty, seventy thousand pounds When you're spending that sort of money, of course you're going to think about it. Yeah, you? you are, yeah. It was interesting at the show. We started to see some show deals coming back. £2,000 off, free, whatever pack with this motorhome and we haven't seen that for a few years so it'll be interesting to see what happens next year at the shows and what dealers are able to do or feel they need to do to get someone to buy but i think inevitably prices will continue to stay very strong if not go up other things we've been talking about over the year and you've been asking us a lot of questions uh, about uh, evans Electric vans. Still can't get very many of them, though, can we? So it's interesting. Fully charged live in Amsterdam, which was show happened back in November. There were no big mainstream manufacturers there. Um, so VW were there with the ID Buzz, and it won a prize, unsurprisingly, which is their electric sort of little van, which is the main contender to convert to a camper. But it's tiny. Transit, Ford weren't there. Fiat weren't there. Citroen weren't there. It was all these odd brands. And I don't know what it is about Evans. Why do they have to look like something Postman Pat would drive? Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? They look like but a toy. They do. I don't know. Have you seen the, the Tesla SUV? I know it's not a motorhome, but but you know, it does look like something a seven-year-old has drawn in, yeah, <laughs> in his lunch hour. <laughs> it does. It's not exactly Italian design. But that's real. Either. That exists. It, it does, yeah. Yeah, it's strange. Why do they have to look yeah. odd? I, I don't understand. I don't, and the derogation. Just explain that again. Oh, yeah. So this is the fact that you can now drive an alternatively fueled vehicle. So something that isn't fossil fuel 
e.g. electric, um, and it can now weigh up to four and a quarter tonnes, four two fifty kilos, and you can drive it on a normal car licence. And they've done that because batteries are heavy, so yeah. I, I think they, they think you're not going to end up with any more payload than you've got already. But sodium batteries are on the way through, and they're much lighter, aren't they? I'm told they're going to be a lot lighter, and there's other technology coming. Hydrogen is becoming a thing. I think there's a car in Australia running on it. Um, there just are, the one. <laughs> just one, yeah. Just the one car. That's all they had the plants for, yeah. the, the hydrogen plant. But there are hydrogen plants appearing in the UK. Hydrogen is something that we, we hear people talking about a lot. And they say, oh, that's electric's rubbish. It's going to be hydrogen. And I can understand why, you know, because the output is water. And you can't tax that, can you? Uh, maybe yeah. That- <laughs> oh, yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure the government will find a way. But it's interesting that whether we'll see other types of fuel coming. So, yeah, sodium battery technology. There will be undoubtedly other battery technology coming on. But in reality, I still think we're at least five, if not ten years away from electric motomes i cannot see how they can be viable much sooner than five years or even 10 years well let's keep an eye on it in 2024 uh, we mentioned it already but toilet chemicals uh, second year in a row that matt has drunk uh, his solbio <laughs> uh, in front of a camera as well it, it doesn't taste very nice but at least it's not poisonous also sewage disposal and i suppose that ties into the toilet chemical as well because the greener it can be the better isn't it really yeah absolutely and that's where products like solbio i think are really important because we need to take responsibility for what we're putting into the sewage system because at the point it leaves there we're not in control no and it ends up in a river or on the beach doesn't it that's right i think taking responsibility for that we shouldn't have to but I think it's important we do, and we can, and it's a choice we can make. The number of people that have bought Solbio because of the podcast is frankly astounding. If you are one of those people, we'd love to hear how you're getting on with it. I've had lots and lots of really positive feedback. The only negative feedback I'd have had is people say the smell wasn't very strong, and so they could still smell poo and wee, basically. My advice is one drop of essential oil in the toilet cassette and it will totally change that. And I'm told it works. I've done it myself, and I know it works. But if you're someone who's converted to Solbio, please tell us how you're getting on. Uh, we'd love to know. I think it's a, a revolution in our industry. There's not many things I can say that about. Something else uh, which started off the year and was resolved later on, the Dartmoor <coughs> ruling, uh, parking on, in, in a national park. It was strange in Dartmoor because even though it's a national park, it's not owned by the government or by the Crown. Uh, it's owned by uh, private uh, landowners and this private landowner had decided that he wasn't going to allow people uh, to stop on his land a- anymore and uh, it went back to court, didn't it? Because in national parks you do have the right to roam the court in the end ruled against the landowner but as I said at at the time doesn't he have rights as well if he doesn't want people on his land or wants to charge them but that was a big deal in the first half of the year wasn't it Matt? Yeah well thousands of people turned out to protest against it didn't they it was amazing Uh, and in the end the, the court said well everyone has a right to lie down and look at the stars uh, and so, yeah, the, the ruling was overruled. I mean, it doesn't really have any impact on us as motorhomers, but it did bring to highlight the desire we have to go somewhere like that in a camper van or a motorhome and park up and enjoy nature and enjoy the view. And, you know, possibly that, that 
freedom to do that was being taken away so it did kind of it was a big story and it did hit home for me um, by the way if you want the address for motorhome matt towers i can give it to you you can park up and look <laughs> at the stars i'm sure he won't mind <laughs> <laughs> and talking of park ups parking restrictions uh, over the year more and more councils put more and more restrictions in the scottish government is uh, talking of making charges uh, for people who want to take uh, motorhomes to stop them being in convoy that's not going to go away that's going to carry on isn't it we're going to be paying more to park up and more to travel yeah undoubtedly we will yeah and it's interesting whether there's a pound a day to go and travel around scotland a tourism tax we'll see um it was interesting talking to Gemma and campbell from highlands to hammocks so devout scots people they were in favor of it they acknowledge that the infrastructure needs investment and that's a great way to achieve it if it's a couple of quid it'd be fine if it's 25 pounds it'd be something else entirely I, wouldn't it i wouldn't go would you no not a 25 quid a day. No, absolutely not. Future prices of motorhomes, we sort of touched on that, didn't we, a, a little bit earlier on. But are they going up as steeply as they did in 2023? It'll be interesting to see. In our chat with Paul Kirby recently, the electric van man, he reckoned we're going to achieve this price parity between the cost of an EV van and a diesel van, which means at the moment they're likely to go up in price. Uh, but what was interesting is the week after we recorded that with Paul, Vauxhall dropped the price of their electric van and i rang him and said oh this has gone well paul uh, and it was actually they were flushing out old battery stock uh, to replace it with their new tech which undoubtedly will come in at a higher price so i think we're going to see some turbulence and uncertainty in that and it certainly is one to watch but of course the cost of the diesel van will take a while to filter down to the motorhome consumer because it's a year 18 months before it becomes a motorhome so you know by then the price has changed anyway so it'll be interesting to see and we explained what van life is and everybody's yeah. uh, a different opinion uh, about it. apparently everybody's a van lifer if they want to be it's all about freedom was the general yeah. consensus freedom um, and <laughs> it's me wham jumping <laughs> <laughs> and i agree it has to be about freedom and it should be inclusive uh, it should be a term that anybody can use, I think. And if you say your van life, your van life. It was an interesting topic when it was great to hear people's opinion on that. And thank you to everyone that contributed. There was a lot of people involved in that episode. And your B&E licence as well. That was a big deal in the last year. Which comes up a lot, doesn't it? It oh, does come up. <clears throat> three and a half tonne If ruling. you passed your driving test before... <laughs> Then you can drive, <laughs> and if people after, yeah. Stop poking me with your pot noodle fork. <laughs> I'm yeah. taking the batteries out of that in a minute. There's two double A batteries in there, brand new. <laughs> so that's just some of the things. Oh, we won an award. We did. Oh yeah, got it down here. Yeah. Where is it? Oh, look there at that is. lovely award. Who's the UK from? Enterprise Awards 2023 Leisure Vehicle Podcast of the Year. And thanks for listening, by are. the way, because at one point in the year we were number four in the Apple Podcast uh, charts for leisure and uh, motor vehicles. Automotive, yeah. yeah and, we're we, all, and we're also we're consistently in the top 20, so thanks very much. Yeah, we were actually well ahead of Top Gear. We were. <laughs> I find and, that incredible. And Wheeler Dealers. And Wheeler Dealers, yeah. yeah. Big podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Big exciting projects next year. We're even in discussion with a household brand name. <laughs> Don't give it away. We are. We're having some really, really interesting talks with a name that everyone's heard of. And we'll be helping them with a new project. It's Kleenex, so. Kleenex is it? Sif. Kleenex. Sif. <laughs> Avon. <laughs> <laughs> Ding dong. Avon calling. <laughs>
<laughs> I can hear it now. Yeah. No, it's not Avon, nor is it Kleenex. <laughs> Pot noodle, by any chance? <laughs> well, they maybe want, maybe they want to sponsor the podcast. You never know. It's the Motor Home Matt podcast with me, Keith Goodham. And me, Motor Ho 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 Matt. Ha 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 ha. Brought to you by thatleisureshop.com. It's time for our Christmas Q&A, where our little elves ask us the questions and big old Santa, Motor Ho 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 Matt. <laughs> I recorded these at the NEC in October. which is Oh, why the Motor Caravan Show. Yeah, they sound so spiffy. And spiffy? And spiffy and in quality. <laughs> Do you say gosh? Hi-fi. <laughs> Hi-fi. So Kevin Davis, Gloucestershire. Is there any more news on the C1 licence entitlement? I have got a friend of mine. He can drive a 92-seater double-decker bus, towing a trailer, but because of his age, he cannot drive um, a motorhome over three and a half tonne. Is there any update on that yet? I'm afraid there isn't. 21st September, the government were meant to make an announcement. So the C1 licence was under review, quite right. They didn't do anything about it. So we spoke to the chief examiner and I spoke to Edmund King, president of the AA. Neither had had received any news at all. So it basically got kicked into the long grass. Will it ever get reviewed? I don't know. Maybe if it wins votes, perhaps it will. Uh, But at the moment, the restriction stays. It's mad, isn't it? Absolutely. When he can drive a double-decker because he's got a a PCV licence, 92 people, towing a trailer and can't drive a motorhome over three and a half tonne. What's odd is you can drive a three and a half tonne motorhome and tow a three and a half tonne trailer. But if you were to upplate the motorhome to 3.6 tonnes, so only 100 kilos, you can't tow that trailer anymore. It doesn't make any sense. No, no it doesn't. So, so, yeah, unfortunately, okay. no news. No, you'll be the first uh, person to <laughs> release it if there is anything on your podcast. Well, we're keeping close contact with those that might hear about it. I very much doubt Rishi will give me a ring and let me know what he's going to do, but, you know, you never know. Stop the press. I've got something here. The just phone's a, ringing. Just arrived. No, we told you you'd be the first to know. No, it's just the milkman. <laughs> <laughs> the bill. Yes, yeah, he wants a tenner. <laughs> Can you imagine if Rishi rang the podcast? That would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. yeah. Well, Cameron's got back in. Is that <laughs> We'd say, hello. Anything could happen. Hello, it's a little elf from Downing Street, because he's not large in stature, is he? No, he's tiny. Yeah, he is tiny, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Did you see that picture of him walking along the other day next to David Cameron? He's tiny. Yeah, and David Cameron isn't that big. No. Pauline's in Lincoln. Leisure batteries, uh, in particular. I think I started off with one, an inverter, and I changed to two, and I had uh, two different amps of batteries, and I'm, my question was, is it okay to have, a, say, a 110-amp and a 70-amp battery connected in parallel? And does it matter if one might be an AGM and one's a lead-acid battery? Because I get mixed kind of... Uh, answers to, to that because I've, I've had my batteries changed at my um, local service garage it's not a camper van garage and uh, since I've had one battery put in somebody else said you should have two of the same amps and they should be both changed at the same time and both of the same brand so I'm, I'm just clarifying that really I've had a problem with my fridge at some point so I think I don't know whether the fridge is using more power than it should be or so I think I've got a couple of electrical things that I probably need some more experienced eyes to look at really so basically your question is, is, should you get your batteries from one manufacturer and can you mix and match your amperage? Yes, can I mix and match and can you also mix and match whether it's an AGM and a, a lead acid battery? Do they both need to be the, the same sort of consistency or whatever they've got in them? All right, Matt, that's over to you. Lovely.
<laughs> Thanks, Keith. The consistency or whatever they've got in them, she says. <laughs> Pauline, the answer is absolutely yes. Your batteries should be the same. Uh, you say you had them installed by a non-campervan company. Uh, anyone with any level of expertise in this would tell you that the batteries need to match both in terms of their content and how they're made up. So I both AGM or both some form of lead acid other than AGM, and they need to be the same size. This is really important. So what's happening at the moment is your batteries aren't matched. Uh, one of them is going to go flat before the other, and your charger is probably going to go, well, it's all dead, uh, and tell you the whole system is flat when the other one isn't. Uh, and then it's going to recharge them, and one of them isn't going to get charged properly because it then sees the one that's fully charged and says, oh, they're fully charged, and one of them isn't. So it's really important you take the batteries out. I would consider putting two batteries in we're about, we're doing this at the moment uh, or last week with a motorhome that we've sold and we fitted two uh, brand new matching batteries to it because the customer wanted to upgrade from the one that's in there which is a standard les acid les acids it's, it's the, ah, the mold wine it's been on, the sherry, been on the sherry again <laughs> <laughs> so there's a standard lead acid in there a real not expensive one and we're fitting two agms and they have been bought at the same time they are the matching manufacturer and they are the same size they're both 110 amp uh, and they're both agms so we're going to fit them together really close together the cables are really short that's really important as well you want them as close together as possible uh, and then you don't get any um, drain down the cable but what you're doing I'm afraid Pauline is not clever and if you speak to any expert they will tell you that you, I'm afraid it's been poorly installed you also mentioned your fridge um, you don't say whether it's a compressor fridge which runs on the battery or if it's a three-way fridge and the only way that runs on the battery is the display and the spark to make it run on gas the only time that fridge works on 12 volt is when the engine's running it's running on the alternator it never actually runs on the battery so I'm guessing if you're able to run the fridge on the battery it must be a compressor fridge and they chew batteries they are very battery hungry but the way to fix that is put on night mode where they run a much uh, lighter pace and have a solar panel fitted with an MPPT controller. Which is what? Uh, we'll come to that another day, shall we? MPPT. I've had too much mould wine to talk about <laughs> what MPPT is. Uh, but consider a solar install. My advice is go and go to a motorhome campervan specialist and get them to help you sort it out. Uh, or come and see us here and we'll help you do it. Um, it's really simple. So there you are, Pauline, in uh, Lincoln. Yes, it's got a match electrically, cosmetically, the make, the whole lot. <laughs> If you're not doing it that way, the system isn't balanced. And Make you, it tickety-boo. You could be in trouble. It's not tickety-boo. Dominic and Michelle Evans are ah, caught up with them. They're from Rutland. We've been to France a couple of times so far, and we've taken the dog with us each time. What I want to know is, is there any move by the British government to try and ease the, how easy it is to get the dog backwards and forwards, i.e. passport for the dog? So what do you have to do now then? Well, at the moment, you have to go to the vet. They fill in a 26-page form. It costs you about 140 quid. And then when you want to bring the dog back, you've got to find a French vet to give him a worming tablet and charge you 50 euros for the pleasure. So what changes would you like to see? I think like in Europe, you can currently have a passport which then lasts a significant length of time rather than the only the three months, which is the certificate you have at the moment. So a passport system um, to allow freedom of dogs backwards and forwards with the same safety kit, you know, that they have to be vaccinated and, and rabied and everything else that we have, but with that ease of, of movement. 
So your question is, when's it all going to change? Well, hopefully it'll change. I mean, I know that it's Brexit that's caused the, the problem, but surely there must be a way around this because the French want to bring their animals across here as well. So it's not just a one-way thing. So they're a bit foggy about their doggy. They want to know where the dog passport is going to come in, if at all. Uh, they don't want to spend £140 and give their vet a worming tablet. What's your answer? Give the vet a worming yes. tablet. <laughs> you mean give the dog a worming tablet? I know what I mean. Absolutely. Well, the, yeah, we know what you mean too. The pet passport, yes, was abolished when we Brexited. I was on the radio, local radio Bristol, talking about Petsick which was a play on Brexit and the fact that we were not allowing pets to go to Europe uh, because the rules were changing. So now we have the animal health certificate and Dominic and Michelle are right that it only lasts for three months and you can pay hundreds of pounds to get this achieved. Um, it is a laborious process. We do, we do have a whole episode on this called Travelling with Pets. I interviewed Dr James Greenwood, the BBC vet, who unpacks and explains how it all works. Are these rules going to change and be relaxed? As far as I am aware, there is nothing on the radar, meaning we're going to revert back to a pet passport and thus making it easy to transition pets in and out of Europe. Is it punishment for Brexit? No, of course it's not punishment. It's their rules. The EU had rules. We turned our back on the club and we are treated like a third country, people who aren't part of the club. They're not having revenge. They're just applying (laughs) their rules. We were told all this before we came out. Now, look what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think those in authority were told. I don't think it was very well communicated, was it? (laughs) You got your fork out again. Uh, So, no, as far as I'm aware, guys, I'm afraid I'm not aware there's any change on the farm that, that, that whole brexit thing when we were at the big show in october at the nec and you were on the stage uh, doing those lunchtime uh, 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 expert panels yeah you know it would come up about brexit on a variety of subjects not just dogs and stuff but all sorts of things and i was looking at the audience as everybody the panel you and everybody else was answering and it was <laughs> dawning on some people that actually this brexit idea was going to impact motorhoming and caravanning yeah. big time well there we are we voted out didn't we we're out it's d- democracy uh, we're out, but there's a we had a choice. Yeah, yeah, and I'm afraid that is a consequence of that choice. As you say, we are officially called a third country now, uh, and we're outside the rules because, as you say, we're not in the club. So, other countries who are not in the EU have to abide by these same rules. Yeah, so they have to do the same. And Absolutely. I guess the reality is, if they were to change it for Britain, then it opens the opens the floodgates. They have to change it for every country, yeah. which is not what the EU want to do. No, that's not the whole point. That's not the point of the EU. It's a, it's a trading block. Uh, Roger Carpenter's in Portsmouth. He's written to us. We have a gas slow refillable system. We like to tour the UK, and we will go to Europe in future. Gas on petrol stations can be a little difficult to find. We've never not been able to find it, but have often had to travel out of our way to fill up. What are your thoughts about retrofitting a diesel heater to run off the vehicle's fuel tank? and cut down our gas usage the vehicle is 10 years old now so we have no warranty issues is that anything else i need to consider can you can you do that legally can you just sort of tap the tank yeah absolutely yeah i mean it needs to be done professionally uh i know several people who have done exactly this and i think if you're you know traveling around a lot living in your van it's a really good idea John Gooch from Life Beyond Bricks, the YouTube channel, has done exactly this. In fact, no, I think he's added a a diesel heater to work alongside his gas heater. And I asked him for his opinion, and he kindly came back and said, retrofitting a diesel heater is a fantastic way to help reduce your LPG usage. Since fitting a diesel heater to 
our motorhome, we've really noticed the benefits of having that alternative option. Ours is also plumbed into the main fuel tank. Plus, it provides a quicker source of heat, which has been great for efficiently heating the motorhome in colder temperatures. As diesel heating is more energy dense, you also use less diesel, achieving the same amount of heat compared to LPG. Our recommendation would be to have a quality branded diesel heater fitted to ensure safety and that you have the correct fittings. We would also say, depending on the size of your motorhome, try fitting the heater in a central location and have the heating outlet vents pointing toward the front and the rear to ensure better distribution of heat. Thank you, John, for that input. Really important. It makes a valid point there because there are a number of Chinese copy kind of diesel heaters and they are very cheap. You can see them online on various online shops uh, and they are fraught with problems. They break down uh, and they fail. So John makes a valid point. Yeah. Go for the most expensive you can afford, something like a Webasto. Um, I'm not sure what brand of heater John has fitted. Uh, we'll try and find out and put it in the show notes for this episode. But, yeah, thank you so much for that, John. Uh, of course, John would know because him and his wife, Tash, live in their motorhome full-time. And they will be all this winter. So, in fact, we're going to be seeing them in a couple of weeks' time. Fantastic. Well, that's about it. It's Boxing Day. I tell you what, we're going to have our Christmas buffet. You know, we have some turkey <laughs> left you, Before we do that... What? 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 Should we have a snowball fight? I bought a pot of snowballs. Oh, did you? Oh, this, you're joking. What? What? Look, it's a tin. It says snowball fight on it. Yeah. And I thought it was a tin of loose snowballs and they're glued in. <laughs> they, they look like polar bears. Well, you know what I mean. These are rubbish. Oh, they're I little... Oh, no, they are rubbish, yeah. You've they're rubbish. Po- and it's full of polystyrene. Polystyrene, look at... I mean, call that... Honestly, sort yourself out. Oh. I'll tell you what, though. Maddie, would you like a mince pie? Maddie is sat very quietly behind the camera. Yeah, she does lots for us all the time. and she's Maddie's the boss. Come on, come ne- and have a mince pie. Never visible. <laughs> You're going to feed it to on your, on you your pot noodle uh, fork. Uh, That's you, for you. Yeah, We've yeah, only yeah, both licked it once. <laughs> Yeah, so we're having a buffet. Uh, I've got a little piccalilli. Uh, <laughs> a piccalilli. Some sausage rolls. Some fresh ham. Yeah, fresh ham. Pigs in blankets. Oh, there we yeah, are. Lovely. Well, if you've got a question, not about the buffet, we'd love to hear it. And I'm sure hundreds of other people listening would love to hear you ask it. But you can do that at mhmp.info forward slash ask Matt. Go for it. And leave us a review, mhmp.info forward slash review. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you click the little bell and the subscribe button. Sponsored by arabasecreative.co.uk. Thank you, guys. Yeah, brilliant. We'll see you next year. Uh, Take care. Yeah, have a great rest of the Christmas. Thanks for listening to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Remember to check back here for more episodes full of hints and tips and helpful advice. We'll see you soon for another Motorhome Matt podcast brought to you with thatleisureshop.com.